Oh, hi there. Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to improve your life and to get to a place where you feel real and you're doing things that you actually care about. We look at the things that are blocking you from expressing yourself in the world, how you got in that place, that state in the first place, and more importantly, what you can do about it. Today, we're going to be listening to an interview between me and Philip Zamana. He's an author who has just released a book called Taking Creativity Seriously. I thought that would be a really interesting starting point for a conversation about the kind of stuff that this podcast focuses on, because a lot of people in the world seem to think that creativity is just about painting pretty pictures or taking photographs or whatever it is. Of course, they're all expressions of what it means to be creative, but a lot of the time we forget that creativity is actually an attitude and that if we have that attitude and we allow the creativity to take us where we need to go, then we become a lot better and stronger in ourselves and it allows us to be a lot better and stronger in the world. Anyway, that's a rant, but I really hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, There's some really good insights in here, especially some stuff that I've been thinking about and reflecting on in my own life about questions and curiosity and how we can kind of use questions to open things up, even if they're just very simple questions, so that we can unblock ourselves from the patterns that are holding us back and to start embracing something in life that's a lot more real. Um, I'm not going to rant too much more, but if you like this interview, then please subscribe to this podcast uh, wherever you're listening to it. If you can leave a review, if you're so inclined, on uh, Apple uh, podcast or somewhere like that, that would be totally cool. Uh, you can also leave a voice message if you want to be featured in the podcast, even if it's just for a, a short amount of time. Anyway, that's enough from me. Here's the interview, and I really hope you get some value from this. Thank you so much. Oh, hi there, Philippe. Uh, thank you for joining me today on this podcast, Creative Status. Um, you, you have just written a book about creativity. I don't know if you want to start by introducing yourself and telling the audience what that book's all about, who you are, and that kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for the invitation for being here today. Here today. Uh, my name is Felipe Zamana. I'm originally from Brazil, but I live in Portugal now. And soon I will do my PhD in France. It's uh, good, amazing uh, news for me. And I wrote this book, like you said, <laughs> the name is Taking Creativity Seriously why your ideas is more about us than about you because mm. creativity have a social aspect very important for development and i think we not grasp this idea in mainstream yet so i think we so can that, that's the um, the main topic of the book is is the little byline that you just said you exactly. just shared exactly so, so it's not about you it's it's about us so can you explain then, just to get us going, why there is a, a misconception around creativity that is just a personal thing? It's just about our individual expression, and that seems to be the extent of it. Yeah. Well, mainly we have two big issues about creativity that it's mainstream today. One, uh, it's uh, kind of obvious because it's the history of creativity tells us why we see creativity like this today for example mm. in the 50s and 60s with the cold war and things like that uh, the scientists start to study creativity in an individual aspect to boost 
uh, or morale or just uh, how to get better ideas to, well, prevent a third war, world war. So yeah. they are all, always too focused on this individual aspect. How can develop the individual to have better ideas? And it and a lot of other things like in the 80s, we have the boom of a creative economy or the start of creative economy, not with that name, but the, the first steps. And we see like a lot of consultants selling this idea of creativity as an individual aspect or an individual trait. So this is the first part. And the second one is because it's easy to sell <laughs> for a person <laughs> than to sell for a group. So we perpetuate this uh, idea, this image of creativity nowadays because of that. So in, what I propose here is to change this view for a more social aspect of creativity and how this is way more important than just our individual aspects. Okay. So do we still need the individual aspects to some extent though? Because in my, in my view, the way that we can become more creative in our lives is to, to figure out our own emotional stuff, to figure out who we are, figure out what we really want, and then use our crea creativity as a kind of vessel for pushing through all that stuff and then moving forward in life. Eventually, to move forward in life, that's when we have to kind of reach out to other people and share something of value with the rest of the world. So is, is that what you mean by the social side of things or is there more to it than just that? Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that individual aspect is not important. They, they mm. are, definitely yeah. are. But mm. I think we are seeing creativity backwards. So we're starting with individual and then we go into the social. But mm. what I'm proposing, it's the other way around. So we start seeing the social settings we have, our environment, not just nature, but also nature, but not just but the, the environments we work in, we learn in, and then understand how these environments influence our, our perspectives, our ideas, or mm. connections with other people. And then we try to transform this and like channel these uh, this forces around us to create our own creativity, our personal creativity. So is starting on the social, ending in the individual, not the other way around, like we used to do normally. Yeah, so I think I agree with you completely. There's a misconception that creativity is just about coming up with some ideas, random ideas in some cases, from random places, and then we, we put them into some kind of a final product. So it might be a book, it might be a, a movie, a painting, whatever it is, the misconception is that when you do that, you create those kind of things, it's just you and the final product. But actually, there's so much other stuff that comes into it. There's your relationship with the world at large. There's just random things you've picked up as you've, you've gone through life. There's things that might happen to you. There's things going on in the news. All this stuff going on outside of you affects what you're going to express within a given moment in time and space. And so is it about understanding that and using that to create something better or more real? Exactly. And we have a lot of studies that say, for example, that when you study abroad, not just living in another country, but 
actually embracing this different culture can boost significant, uh, meaningfully your creativity. So uh, be inside different settings, uh, cultural settings, social settings can boost your creativity because give you another perspective of different things that you take for granted. For mm-hmm. example, I remember clearly when I live in Brazil and I ask myself why we are a third world uh, scale, uh, why we are the third world scale. Because for what I see, what I know, we are not that bad, you know? <laughs> and when I travel to Europe and start living here, then I, oh, okay, I know now. Because I see that things function, normal things like transportation, uh, health, education, things that are kind of normal for everyone, but how it works completely different here than in Brazil. So then I know what can be different. So uh, Mm. grasping these different uh, ways of doing things, it's enough to give you a head start for developing your creativity. Yeah. Would you say that in that example that you gave, was it your, so you went to Europe and you, you saw all these different systems or the way that the systems were implemented differently. Was it your conceptual understanding that allowed you to become more creative or was it the experiential understanding or was it some kind of cocktail of the two and your relationship to the way that you had to process that knowledge and the learning? Well, to be honest, what I, I really think it's the most different thing it's how people think. Mm. So the way people think in Brazil, I'm not saying that it's better or worse, just different. Yeah. But the way people think in Brazil is different from the way normally Europeans think. I'm not generalizing here, like everybody thinks exactly the same, not, yeah. not the case. But in comparison with Brazil, it's different. Mm. And... Like I said, the same thing is education, health, transportation, that it's normal for every, I believe, every country. But how it's possible to be different? Because people think different about that things. Mm. So Mm. this is the most uh, interesting for me. And if you go, we are saying about the West, but if you go to the East, for example, India, China, Japan, it's completely different even from Europe and Brazil. So yeah. it's yeah. not it's just a, a few miles away, but <laughs> it's people think in another way and solve problems and have uh, different ideas because they are inside a different culture. This is amazing for me. Yeah. I think you you need that kind of uh, that cultural diversity I, I guess or those experience of different ways of embodying the same systems if that makes sense you need to understand that so that you can get a better bigger picture overall and understand the core problem that is trying to that has been solved in in those particular instances what is it though do you think that leads to different cultures thinking about the same problem in different ways is i think most of it it's their background so the culture don't come from thin air, from from nature. Mm. So it's a, a whole society that evolves from different challenges they face back in the, yeah in their past. So this is one thing that I probably 
means a lot for this different thinking. But also um, the education. I think everything starts and ends with education. So the way we learn changes everything. Mm. Even the way we work. For example, imagine that uh, in standard tests, we are used to, to face every day, for example. Mm. And if you, if you don't know something, it's probable that you once in your life, you cheat. You have like a piece of paper in your pocket to check the answers. And it's the same kind of behavior you can find in companies because we learn that. We mm. learn that if you don't know or if you are in trouble, you don't have time enough, you don't have enough time to study, you have to cheat because you have to prove something for someone that you are capable or you are knowing uh, what you're doing. Mm. And this is in the education settings. But in a company, you see a lot of people doing the same behavior. If they don't know, they cheat. They cut corners. They found shortcuts. And then we ask people to be different in, in the workplace, you know? But mm. we learned that in school. So learning is the is the foundation of everything for me, even yeah. for creativity, even okay. for creativity. Okay. So can I throw a curveball out there? Do you think learning can also block our creativity? Definitely. Because one thing that I believe is I, you know, I look at the world and I help people in my coaching practice, a lot of the time they have been ed educated or conditioned by the world to block their creativity, to block their ability to solve problems in a real way because they become too attached to their thinking. They become too attached to certain assumptions about who they are, what the world is, how reality works. And because of that, they, they're not, they believe to some, to, in some cases that they're not creative at all or they find it really hard to express their creativity. So what can we do in, in those kind of cases to... Um, you know, take creativity, creativity more seriously in the kind of way you're talking about? Well, uh, education have a lot of problems and challenges. And as a professor, I can say that because normally professors are overwhelmed with work. So mm. it's not just get inside the class and teach for one hour and then it's done. No, you have a lot of papers to, to fill and to test to, to check and prepare the next classes. So it's a mm -hmm. lot of work for just one person. And we just think that teachers have that one hour in the class of work. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of work outside the class we don't consider. So I'm not saying that uh, the teachers or professors are lazy or anything. <laughs> they have a real challenge in their hands. Yeah, and yeah. the future of all that that people inside the class it's on their hands so it's a huge responsibility but mm. uh, for example as you say about blocking creativity i think it's just a, a way of we learn how to think creatively because mm. for example normally these standard tests you have like one right answer and that's it so yeah. we get used to think about what is the right answer? So we first believe that 
first uh, that's already have an answer or an answer so it's we don't face challenges or or um, problems that nobody knows how to solve it's mm -hmm. someone knows the answer and just one answer it's correct the rest is wrong so we mm -hmm. don't have this kind of thinking of possibilities of testing of mm -hmm. try and error so this mm -hmm. is a classic school classic learning environment for all of us and one thing that teachers can do that it's very simple because it's i know it's hard to change and it's a it's a system well established so it's even harder to change but imagine if you are a teacher and or, or a professor the one thing you can do right now it's instead of asking a close answer a close question mm. try to uh, do a open-ended questions so mm. for example uh, I, i i heard the podcast of professor david cropley recently and he gave this example i think it's uh, it's it's nice so in, instead of you asking what year started the world war ii you can ask what happened in, in the in the, the situations back then to start the, the war so you mm. have a lot of things that happen to mm start the war it's not just one thing alone so it's not just the, the assassination of the, the prince or whatever i don't recall but the guy <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. it's not just the, yeah. yeah it's not just the assessment the assassination of this guy it's a lot of other things happening the same moment that led to the world war ii but when i ask what year start world war ii you have just one answer mm. and that's yeah. it yeah so Try to make an open-ended question. This is a, a way to start, and you keep your you start to to train your students to think broadly, to think openly, and consequentially, creatively. That's amazing. I think that's a good technique to kind of try and cultivate in our own lives, because that example you've just given it shows that actually, if we're not careful, knowledge conceptual knowledge can close us down and stop us from embracing our creativity because it causes us to become too attached to certainty, but also too, too attached to specific interpretations and to treat those interpretations as, as been um, complete, completely certain. When actually, if you dig into it and you dig into reality and you dig into life, there's often a lot of variation that you can kind of tune into or a lot of chaos that will actually allow you to be more creative and more real and to keep growing in life. That was a very long-winded way of saying it. But ultimately, if you ask an open question, you're bringing in more of the experiential stuff. It's not just about concepts and ideas. It's about something a little bit deeper. Yeah, uh, I like to say that we need to learn how to make good questions. Mm. Make better questions because uh, uh, I notice uh, my teaching that my students don't know even how to research. And we have Google nowadays, but <laughs> Google only answer what you ask for. So mm. if you don't know how to ask what to ask, mm. Google, it's useless, basically, yeah. Yeah. because you don't know what to ask. You, you don't know what to type there in the search box to, to know what you need to know. And one thing that I think is very important, it's curiosity. 
people are not curious enough. Yeah, yeah. They just passive consuming content. So they are not in the control of their what they are learning because they are not curious about things or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Just yeah. To, to go back a little bit, what you've just said about um, asking good questions is probably one of the most important things that you can do in life, in my opinion. One of the main reasons I think people get stuck is because they're not asking themselves questions about themselves. You know, what, what do I really value? What do I really want from life? Where do I really want to go? What kind of relationships do I want? All, all these questions, if they're framed properly, open you up and take you out of the old ways of thinking that are holding you back. And if you're curious in the way that you say, well, you're going to keep moving forward and you're going to keep growing. So is it fair to say now that without questions, there can be no creativity at all? Because without the questions to get you started, you're not going to learn anything and you're just going to think that you've got it all figured out and you don't need to create anything new and you're going to become stuck. Yeah, I have like a, a map of creativity in that, in that sense that everything starts with curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity led you to learning. Learning led you to change. Yeah. And to change, you learn. You, then you, you arrive at creativity because without change, there's no creativity. But to find change, to do things differently, you need curiosity and you need learning. learning. That, yeah, that's, that's an amazing process. And I think it's 100% true. Like if you want to make the most out of life and you want to use your creativity to do that, which is what this podcast is, is about, you need to ask questions and you need to make sure that you keep learning. If you don't keep learning, then you're going to stagnate. But the, the sweet spot is to make sure that you, you're learning in a way that is authentic and that you have some kind of strategy behind it. So this little process that you just shared, which I love, curiosity, learning, change, creativity, how can people use that in their lives in a, in a strategic or active way? So they're not just letting change happen. They're not just being creative for the sake of painting a pretty picture or for the sake of their own ego stuff, just expressing what they think they already know. How can they use that process to actually grow as people and then to kind of contribute or to give express something in the world that is going to allow the world to, to be better in terms of the stuff you were talking about at the start, about being more serious about things? Yeah, one thing that I think it's interesting to think about, uh, normally we let, uh, we leave for the, actually make a change or take action when something is bad. In your life, we yeah. are responsible <laughs> with something. But remember, we don't need to wait things to get bad to, to make something about it. For example, mm -hmm. if I like a very simple example, the nowadays is not <laughs> a great example, but whatever. <laughs> uh, if you go to do your work, the 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 streets you go through, the the, the ways you you make the from your house to your work. Yeah. It's always the same normally because we get used to it. Don't even think about it. But what if there is a better way, a fastest way or a mm. more beautiful way to go from your house to your work? So you have to try things. It's not, you won't lose anything 
of changing that. Or, for example, uh, the way you organize your clothes in the wardrobe mm. is not wrong. It's not a problem mm. you need to solve. It's just what if there is a better way, a uh, fastest way, or just different, just to change a little bit mm. you can do. So you try to ask what if about things you normally do and see what happens. It's, yeah. I think it's the, the first step is just to to start thinking that uh, creative way to about normal things that you don't have the risk of changing because if you change nothing happens because it's your wardrobe it's just another a different path from your house to your work for example so there are no risks involved so if you change that nothing will happen no no repercussions. <laughs> Or uh, yeah. you can discover a good way of doing things. Yeah, that's amazing. So it, it starts with what if. And actually that question, what if, it could change your whole life. The thing is, yeah, a lot of the time with creativity, there is a risk or, or people f feel like there is a risk. So this technique you just shared with us is actually a great testing ground if you're... Um, You know, if you're a very anal person, perhaps, or you're just too rigid, or you're a control freak, or you're stuck in a rut, you can start by just saying what if about your routine and mixing things up a little bit, different diet, different route to work, different way of folding up your clothes, whatever it is, you can start to uh, cultivate this creative curiosity you're talking about with no risk whatsoever. But then maybe if, you, if that emboldens you, you can move on to kind of bigger things and take, I don't know, creative risks with your career or creative risks with your relationship or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book about uh, from Blair Inns. I'm not sure if it's pronounced like this, but the book, it's called uh, Pricing Creativity. And in the book, uh, the author talk about how to price or how to uh, build uh, like what they call creative firms, but it's about design, publicity, advertising, marketing, this kind of firms. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, thing, I read that book. It's really good. Yes. So uh, one thing he said, and I think it's fantastic, what you want to give to your client, it's risk reduction or risk mitigation. But this idea led me to think about creativity as a whole, not just mm -hmm. as a firm or a specific area. But why people uh, with great ideas like Einstein, Picasso, or Tesla, or these kind of people are so recognized and praised for their ideas? And I, I, I think that because of risk, so yeah. they took bold moves to mm -hmm. become like creative genius, like people used to call. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about risk. So... I think risk is a, a very important uh, element of creativity because if you have low risk, normally, I'm not saying this is a rule that mm. uh, it's about everything. No, it's just one way of thinking, just a reflection here. Uh, but risk, if you have low risk, the, the chance of having a mm. recognized idea or product or service or whatever, mm. it's low. But you yeah. have right risks, you can also have right prices. Yeah, I think it applies in business and in life because yeah. it ultimately it applies everywhere. Because creativity, 
it does come with a risk because even though it's creative, it's also destructive in some ways. It's destructive to our ideas about ourselves or whatever ideas we have about the creative project before we set off on the creative journey. So like you just said, it's creativity is high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward. If you if you if you're writing a book, for example, and say it's it's within a certain genre, so you're writing a horror book, if you if you take low risk and you just completely stick to the genre conventions, then the reward is going to be low probably because you're just writing the same old crap that's been written a million times before. Yeah. If you if you take a higher risk and you introduce something new or you mix conventions or you do something that's never been done before or you put your own personal stuff into it, your emotional uh, your your emotional stuff that's just your story, whatever, that nobody else can put in there, well, there's more of a risk there and you're at least increasing the chance of uh, getting a higher reward if the reward is just having people respond to it a bit better. Creativity and um, chaos, I think, are inherently linked. And the reason that a lot of people try to hide behind their ideas and to control everything and to act as though they've already got it figured out and to avoid the sense of curiosity that we all need is because chaos triggers their underlying emotional stuff. Do you think that's true? That there's a link between chaos and creativity and that actually we need to actually become more familiar with ourselves in order to be able to face it and go through this process with the high risk, high reward mindset. Yeah. Uh, Chaos have everything to do with creativity because uh, if you think that way, uh, creativity is kind of a mm. filter that you put chaos inside <laughs> and then yeah. become something not chaotic or at least what uh, uh, I forgot his name, but he is a former founder of uh, Visa. He wrote a book about chaotic organizations and i like this concept of chaotic because it's a mix of chaos and order yeah, it's not no. just pure control in organization yeah. but also you're not completely chaos but it's the mix of both so you have freedom wow. there but you mm. also have some uh, minor rules that help organize everything so nature is kind of like this you have like a, it's not chaotic but you have some rules mm. that organize the ecosystem. So mm. I think this is very interesting. And like we said about risk, uh, the risk is not only in your idea, your process, in your product, your service, your creative outcome somehow. The risk is also in your relations. Yeah. Because imagine, uh, for example, Van Gogh, the, the painter, mm. Right now, today, he was uh, a, a creative genius. But back then, he mm. was crazy. Yeah. Because he <laughs> failed to convince people, to connect with people, to see value in, in his work. So he was crazy. Mm. Today, he's, was, he has praise and as a, a major painter. Uh, so... This is a, a very important thing in creativity, the connection with others. Because if you have a great idea, but you fail to connect with other people, to mm. find people out there 
who see value in your idea. So it's your idea. It's it's useless. It's worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. This this comes back to your original point, which is that creativity is not just a personal thing. It's a social thing as well. Yeah. And I I think that, like this is something I see all the time with uh, like my clients and stuff like that. A lot of the time when they start off with a business idea or a creative project idea, it's ultimately about what they want for themselves. They want a certain thing to be valued by their audience, whatever it might be. So, for example, maybe they have a certain idea for a, a like like a video or something to promote their business, but the video is done in an aesthetic that they really want to be popular because it it appeals to their ego ultimately. And then when they put it out there and nothing happens, they're surprised. But actually, you need to find the fine line between between what you want and what you value as a creative. And what the what the marketplace or what your audience or the world at large actually values as well, because if you're just doing it for yourself, well, nothing's going to happen with it. It's, it's it's low risk in the in the language you used a few exactly. minutes ago. Exactly, exactly. So the risk is not only inside you, but out out there too. So yeah. you have the risk of uh, what they call it ostracization. So it it's uh, you'll be a part of your group or your, your society and we have to remember that yeah. human beings are social beings so without others we we fail to live to survive because we mm -hmm. need to be in groups not just in a physical sense but in emotional in, in a cognitive sense we need mm -hmm. others always mm -hmm. so we can say oh i don't need anyone I, i'm <laughs> better off myself yeah could be true but will be harder for you to develop other aspects of your life because you refuse to connect with other people. Yeah. So you don't need to connect with everyone. It will, will be exhausting for us, but mm. we need to connect with the right people. And this is an interesting thing too, because mm. uh, we can have a great idea, but if you connect with the wrong people, the wrong group, with people with don't, uh, that don't see value in you and your ideas and your contributions is the same thing. So you you have to find people who share not this the same mindset, but who who think alike, but in a mm -hmm. good sense. People who are willing to help you develop. They can uh, they can, for example, don't see that your idea is really great, but they. Push you, push you further, motivate you to keep going, to keep thinking, keep developing. So mm. it's a, a group that receives you and he, uh, offers you a, a safe space to be wrong. Yes. So this is a good thing too. Yeah. I th it, it's about finding a tribe of people that you can be real around and they will allow you to, to grow more real in their presence but also to support them to grow real as well. And your creative work, if you aim it at the right people, will be an expression of your journey so far, so, so to speak, like how you became more real as a result of your curiosity and all that stuff. But it will also help the audience to, to recognize the journeys that they've been on as well and to allow them to go through some inner cognitive process of understanding themselves a bit more and putting their own experience in some context where they can keep growing real as well. The question is, though, how do we 
as creative people, how do we ensure that our work is going to be of that caliber, that it's going to help other people to grow more real, that it's not just going to be some egotistical, solipsistic kind of, you know, mawkish expression of like our emotions or whatever it is. How do we make sure it's something bigger than just us? <laughs> this is a great question <laughs> because we want things right now. We we don't have we don't want to wait anything any mm. second to mm. see what 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 we work our work will provide for for us and for other people, and this is the thing I actually explore this idea more in my book. But basically, why are we always in a rush to be creative, and this is a, it's an important thing because we need time to come up with our best ideas we need time and we need to keep working we need to uh, be a master in some subject that for us is important mm. and this take time you you can't become a master in two weeks or with three tips and you become more creative this is don't exist <laughs> and it's what people sell out there and uh, this make me mad to be honest because yeah, yeah me, me too are, yeah, because it's impossible to, like, uh, I hate, I really hate <laughs> tips of creativity because I'm not saying that all useless, but normally they are. Like, for example, oh, you have to listen to more music. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, this is it's bad. So <laughs> you need to, to study, to be, to be uh, curious about things and to ex experiment yeah. uh, your ideas, to try out your ideas. You're going to fail eventually, but... It's part of the process, but you have to find your own process. This is the first thing. Mm. Don't you can start with uh, 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 an already known process. For example, a lot of people uh, in design use the design thinking process. It's not wrong, but with time, you have to develop your own system, your own process, not just using the no. Uh, process because there's no process it's good yeah can it's work yeah but it won't work every time and mm -hmm. for everyone so you have to find your own process to develop your own creativity and this involves also keep trying keep connecting with people keeping experimenting your ideas so this is it's very important in only with time you can find a way to really contribute with your group or with your society, with your culture, that people see value on it. So mm. don't rush. Keep just keep doing, keep working, keep curious about things, and keep exploring. This is the the main uh, tip for creativity <laughs> you can have. So just keep doing, keep yeah. trying, keep studying, yeah. keep learning. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, I couldn't agree more. And I, like you, I hate all this stuff that's out there. These uh, magic bullets, these quick fixes yeah. that are supposed to turn you into a creative genius or a business genius or whatever it is. It's just marketing bullshit. There's the, the internet, internet is just promulgating everywhere. And I think the reason that that kind of stuff is so popular is because actually, whether it's about living a good life 
or being good at whatever it is you're trying to be good at in terms of creativity, it involves, like we've said, facing our own chaos, wrestling, wrestling with reality and coming to terms with our own weaknesses, pushing through them, uh, seeing where we have blind spots, reaching uh, points where we just don't know what to do because we haven't found a solution to the problem yet or there is no solution yet. And in that, um, during those periods where we're facing uncertainty like that and we're riding through the edge of ourselves, it's very difficult. And for that reason, I think this is why a lot of people don't take creativity seriously. And instead, they think it's just the easy stuff. It's just the, you know, listening to music like the tips might tell you or dancing around and getting in your body and then painting a pretty picture that nobody can relate to or that doesn't really mean anything or just doing something kitsch. Do you know what I mean? The, the easy kind of creativity yeah. that doesn't involve you looking at yourself and then connecting to others on a deeper level. And it's easier to sell that because actually I don't think many people are interested in in buying the reality because the reality is, is usually harder. Although the risk reward ratio with reality is usually a lot better. Yeah. It, I think that's when you're trying to explore things, you, you become a better listener first mm -hmm. of all, mm -hmm. and then you, you start to make better questions because you try to question things. You said, why, why is like that? Maybe that there is a reason and it's a good reason, but the, the, the fact that you are, starting to question things it's a good thing because it it's getting getting your your own process of questioning things to not take anything for granted to stay out of the autopilot we live in because most people are in autopilot they just doing what telling mm -hmm. someone tell it to do so it's mm -hmm. good to to some some Sometime now and then you, you question these things. Why am I doing this? And I have I ask this question a lot of times. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I, I don't know. And when I don't know, I stopped because if I don't know why I'm doing that thing, why I'm doing it? Yeah, yeah. There's I, I no think, reason. Yeah. Like people a lot of the time are just running through life on autopilot and it's it's a false sense of order. But like you said earlier in the conversation, like real creativity is about walking the tightrope between order and chaos. So you're bringing in order to your life with your ideas about what you're going to do next. Reality comes along and it introduces some new chaos and then you have to tweak things a little more. And it's that constant fine tuning between those two states of order and chaos. And the only thing really that allows us to find that sweet spot is living in this curious, creative way that you're talking about, or that I call growing real, which is ultimately just about working with reality and the chaos and all those things, instead of against it or trying to hide it behind ideas or just assumptions or false routines or just going through the motions, like you've said, and doing things without knowing why we're doing it. Um, do you think that what you're saying about questions is ultimately about finding a, a sweet spot kind of way to bring more chaos into our lives. Because as soon as you start asking those questions, you know, why am I doing this? What's this for? What's the point in that? You're actually just bringing or inviting chaos back into your life. 
And if you approach that with the right attitude, then you can get on that pathway you talked about earlier, where it's about, um, you know, curiosity, learning, change and creativity. Yeah, everything we talk until now, it's kind of about the process, creative process. Mm -hmm. But the, the goal and the thing that make you keep going, it's meaning. I think meaning it's the key word here because mm -hmm. even for creativity, when you arrive at some outcome, it needs to be meaningful for you and for other people. Because, like we said, if it's meaningful just for you, mm. uh, maybe it's not uh, a good thing because we live in, in groups and society. But if you can make other people see the meaning, the, the reason, not a logical reason here, but see value on what you did, your contributions, this is the goal of creativity. And I think creativity have a social responsibility inside because of that, because our creations impact others positively or negatively. So we need to think about what we are creating. It's good for others. And this thinking, this process led mm -hmm. us to the meaning. So we need a purpose. We need a meaning, uh, create something meaningful for others and for, yeah. for us, of course. And I think this is what bring order for the chaos out there because you you know and when i say no i'm not saying a logical response for what you are doing like mm. we we say here why i'm doing this you don't need a, a, a logic answer for that mm. you just sometimes it's a feeling I, yeah I, yeah I, yeah I, I feel that it's here is the the right path for me right now or for this creation or for this contribution i want to make so mm. this answer not logical answer but this answer is the meaning why are doing that and this is what bringing chaos order to chaos out, out there so we use this chaos as fuel for our creations yeah i love that and i think you're right like it is it's beyond logic a lot of the time because the logic is you know it's just it's very thinky it's very cerebral and reality itself like like i keep saying like a broken record now is it's more experiential and so you know that if what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing or if you're on the right path if you're in that flow state if you if you're growing and moving forward with your purpose and the way that i see it is if if you do feel like you're aligned with your purpose i you're just doing something that's aligned with your true values and your true intentions If you feel that way, then the things you produce stand a higher chance of being meaningful because yeah. they came they came from a place that's real. And if it's exactly. meaningful, yeah. And so if it's meaningful to you, then it's more likely to mean something to other people. Or depending on how deep you have to go into yourself to, you know, bring bring whatever you created up to the surface, um, it will not necessarily mean something to other people or at least not mean the same as it means to you, but it will cause them to ask questions in the way that you're talking about. And as they ask those questions, they're going to get new insights about their own life and hopefully kind of be able to grow and move forward and get on their own purpose and all that kind of thing. Yeah. You mentioned the flow state and imagine you are in the flow state and you stop to think logically then you 
It's gone. <laughs> the flow state is gone. If you you have to stop and think logically, or oh, what I'm doing, what's happening, it's gone. You lose yeah. it. Yeah. So logic, it's important, but not all the time. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the time, like in my work, I talk about wholeness versus fragmentation. And we haven't really talked about it in any of our previous chats or anything like that. But do you think we could say then that creativity is about moving towards more wholeness inside ourselves? And when we get caught up in fragments, i.e. the things that stop us from moving towards more wholeness or connection to ourselves and other people, like our ideas and assumptions and the routines, thinking we know everything, the kind of things you talked about, the false sense of order, do you think we can look at it in those terms? So actually creativity is about moving towards uh, like whole systems almost. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I read in your book about you address this subject, but I'm not mm. sure if it's the the same sense you give to it. But I think creativity is about the whole and not mm. fragmentation because I think we we fail nowadays to see the whole picture, like mm. Uh, mm. we used to say, because we are so stuck in the details mm. that we can't see the whole. And this is a problem because creativity needs to, to, one thing, one aspect of creativity is to see things in a different way and a different perspective. But if you are stuck in the details, we fail to see connections between apparently distinct subjects. Mm -hmm. So how can I see connections between this subject A and the subject B if I'm stuck in the details of the subject A, yes. for example. So I, I need to, to step up like a wide, wide range of uh, looking, of perspectives, and mm -hmm. I start to see connections. Uh, for example, I, I like to read books way outside creativity area, mm -hmm. and I start to see connections there, or give me ideas of how can I uh, see creativity in different lenses, you know? So yeah. we have to, one time, one, one day, to stop a little bit of seeing the, the things we're used to see and to think about things that we used to think and give, give it a chance for different subjects, completely random subjects sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or completely outside your area or something completely new for you that mm. you've never seen before, never heard before. and But be open, not just why I don't like this thing. <laughs> you think. And yeah. what here I can uh, use for my thinking, my things, my contributions, you know? So... It's be mm. open, really open, and not just finding the flaws like normally people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, I go to a different restaurant and I'll, I don't like this place. I don't like the, the colors of the, the towels. I don't like the, the way they cook food here. Mm. Okay, mm. it's not supposed to like everything, but what I can, what I can find here that it's interesting. So it's a more positive way of looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Like, I think you, you're 
completely right. Like most people, especially if they, you know, they're stuck on autopilot in the way that you talked about earlier, they just focused on the things that they want to run away from. So they're constantly looking for problems. They're, they're looking for reasons not to change their lives, not to be curious, not to mix yeah. things up. And actually, because of what we just said about wholeness and fragmentation, you can actually find something real, something that can help you grow, something that can help you be a, a, the next version of yourself. Absolutely anywhere. If you're open to running towards that, instead of just running away from the, you know, the, the minor annoyances of life and the things that, you know, the negative things that you can find anywhere. Ult ultimately, the short version of that, you can find negative things everywhere if you look for them. You can find real or positive things everywhere if you look for them. So you might as well shift into this attitude you're talking about of going out there and mixing things up and letting yourself grow and move with life instead of against it. Yeah, and it's connection make a connection here what we start in this beginning of the the podcast mm. it's about thinking the way we think mm. and I, I even made a poster with this phrase with this quote uh, i think once that what can be done rather than why can't be done yeah and Sometimes we're stuck in the, why can't be done? Why, yeah. what's the problem? Oh, well, the problem is we don't have resources. We don't have uh, the people enough to, to make this happen or mm. I don't have time. So it's stuck in the, why can't be done? Yeah. And we said, why can't be done? Yeah. I, I heard a similar quote once or I read it on the internet or something. They said, a, a negative pr person has a problem for every solution. And exactly. I think, yeah, that's so true. I think about that all the time. So how do we take all this stuff that you said and, you know, what are some major changes or even some simple changes actually that we can make in our lives if we want to be more creative in this real interdependent way that you're talking about? Well, we can follow that path I mentioned before. Start with being more curious about things and yep. don't need to anything I, I remember when I was younger, I spent weeks, like literally weeks, reading about the statues of the Easter Island. Wow. I'm not why. I'm not, I can't say why I'm so <laughs> curious about that thing, but I spent weeks reading about it. And one day, not saying that I used this thing, but one mm -hmm. day this information can help me with something. I yeah. don't even see how, see where. So, uh, but be curious about things. The mm. second step, and it's, it's a flow thing. Now, if you are curious about things, it's normal that we, you start to make better questions because you're, you are curious. So you want to know things. And mm. if that question don't give you the answer you are expecting, you make another question and another question and another question. And you learn things that give you more questions to make, more mm. possibilities of mm. questions to make. So then you start to change things in your life, like we mentioned before, like change the way you're, you organize your clothes in your wardrobe, change the path you make for, for your house to your work or to, from your house to your mother's house. And these small changes start to make like a click in your head in thinking differently. And so you're curious, you make better questions and you're implementing changes with low mm -hmm. risk at start and then you grow uh, as you feel comfortable to more risky things 
and mm-hmm. I'm not saying to risk your life, but risking the sense on social sense of putting your ideas out there and not be afraid to yeah. be rejected, to be criticized, because it's something that you are you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And finally, doing these things, you arrive at creativity. So you potentially become more creative if you be cur- you are curious about things, you make better questions, and you implement these changes. I feel like I could ask you a million other questions. I think we've uh, opened up so many cans of worms today and it's, it's made me a lot more curious as a human being. So I think I'm going to you know, go out there in the world now and ask a ton more questions after this. Have you got um, any final words that you want to share with us just to wrap this up? Or do you want to tell us where we can find you online, uh, where we can buy your book and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm majorly in LinkedIn, so you can find a lot of content there. I share every week some insights or some new ideas I had about creativity, education, leadership, future of work and future of learning that are subjects I'm passionate about and curious about. And you can also have like a, a, deep, a, dive, a deep dive in creativity subject in my book. Uh, you can find in Amazon. You can find the link in my LinkedIn, for example. It's uh, taking creativity seriously. And I think it's that. So keep curious. <laughs> and if you have questions, if you pop up new questions in your mind during this podcast, you can find me there and ask whatever you want. And I will be happy to to answer whatever I can or at least poke you to become more curious about that subject. That's awesome. I think a lot of people are going to want to be poked by you after listening to this, because I think we've said quite a lot of uh, interesting things that are worth following up on. Uh, Philippe, I just want to say uh, thank you for for coming on here. And uh, maybe I'll get you on again one day, if that's okay. Um, Yeah, definitely. We'll follow up and just see where we are at the time. Um, Okay, brilliant. That was awesome. Thank you so much. 